Hello and welcome to this episode of Mercy Talks Money, the podcast. I am your host, Mercy, and I am a money talker. What that simply means is that I believe in having honest and courageous and very open conversations about money, be it uh, money as it affects me personally or money as it affects my community, how it affects business or how it affects even all of us as a collective. I believe that we should strive to have very honest and open conversations about money because money is universal and therefore um, will always affect our lives. And when we know better, we do better. So welcome to this episode. And if what I just said resonates with you, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Mercy Talks Money, on our website, www.mercytalksmoney.com. And also keep listening to the podcast, like and share and subscribe. We are available on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, hello and welcome. Today, I want us to talk about um, money types. Just like um, we have different personalities, it is true that um, we have different money types or money archetypes, money personalities, if you may want to call it that. And I'll be leaning heavily on the work of Deborah Price. She is um, the CEO of The Money Coaching. Um, yes. And she has a book called Money Magic, Unleashing Your True Potential for Prosperity and Fulfillment. So um, she is the CEO of Money Coaching Institute. So I'll, I'll be taking you through the eight money types that she has identified in her work. And I hope in that you'll be able to pick some, well, at least be able to place yourself amongst these money types or identify where you used to be and where you are now. And if at all, that's the direction you want to, to go in. I know usually when we do such exercises, it, it's, it's natural that we start to think about everyone that we know and we want to place all of those people in here and say, oh, my mom is this, my brother is that, my husband is this, my wife is that. But um, just for today, I'd like for you to take this as an opportunity, first of all, for you to identify where you fall in own it, see the good and the bad of it, and commit to um, cost correcting. Only then can you go forward and identify the other people in your circle, in your immediate circle, your other financial stakeholders, and try to place them there and start that conversation with them. So um, we will start with the first one. They are not in any order or, or form. So the first one she has here is the innocent. 
And she says the innocent is that type that takes um, an ostrich approach to money matters. You know those people who just want to bury their head in the sand. They want to be in denial about money. They don't want to have the conversation. They don't want to see where their money is going. They don't want to know what's going on around them. And mostly it, it's that either they have a fear or they think they can't understand um, all this financial jargon that we keep throwing at them. So those people just freeze any moment you start talking to them about money, about finances. They don't want to be there. They simply just don't want it. And they would rather just rely on what somebody else is saying, somebody they think they can trust or somebody who looks trustworthy to them, whatever is their advice, whatever is their opinion, they will take it. And because of that, they, you find that they're very trusting. They're very trusting with their money. Any person they, they come across who seems to know or who they think they can take advice from, they will take it. So it's, it's, it's not surprising that the innocent uh, are usually taken advantage of when it comes to money. So in, in their goal really is, is safety. They just want to be safe. They just want to play it safe. And they fear being abandoned. I mean, you can imagine. They, do, they don't want to be the ones left to make the financial decision. So I don't know who that's speaking to. I don't know who that's speaking to. And if, 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 it's, if it's resonating, just take note. So some of the characteristics they are trusting, they are financially dependent, they are non-confrontational, they feel powerless, they are indecisive, they are happy-go-lucky externally anyway, that's how they present themselves, but internally they are very fearful and anxious. They seek security and they repress their own feelings and their own beliefs. So that's the innocent. Then we move on to the victim. The victim is that person who loves living in the past and loves blaming all of their financial problems on external factors. So it is the interest rate. It is the recession. It is my husband. It is my wife. Had it not been for my father, had it not been for my mother. So those types of people whose narrative is, had it not been something external, I would have been further in life or I wouldn't be in this financial situation. And they present themselves as being passively aggressive. So they won't straightforwardly express their feelings, but they will just... There will be signs. Let me put it that way. There will be signs. They will be indirect. And, and sometimes we can mistake them for innocence because they like to present themselves as people who are powerless and needing to be saved. When in actual fact, um, they are just playing at your mind. So they're very manipulative. If, if, if you are not careful, they're very manipulative in that um, they will... They will let you feel that um, they need to be saved. And then just at the point where you think you're about to save them, they start saying, 
but this external factor, because of this external factor, I can't. Because of this, I'm not able, such and such. And then you are just in that cycle with them. And they will almost always make excuses based on their history. If my mother, my family, my genes, anything, anything that attaches them to the past. So such people, they, they, they have either been abused or they've been betrayed or they've suffered loss in their lives. It is true that um, these things have happened to them and they keep making reference to them. So the important thing for such people is that they need to overcome these. They, you need to face the loss and deal with it. You need to face the abuse and the betrayal and deal with it so that you process that and are able to move forward. So healing, healing from the past is an important aspect for people who identify as victims. And, and um, unsurprising, they fear betrayal. Because they've been betrayed before, they fear being betrayed. Even though, in actual fact, they, act, they end up being the ones who are betraying themselves. So some of their characteristics, they like blaming others. They are highly emotional. They are financially irresponsible. They feel powerless. They seek to be rescued. They live in the past. They are resentful, unforgiving, and have addictive behavior. So that's the victim. Next, we have the warrior. The warrior is this person who gets up and says, I am going to conquer this money world. I am going to take over the business world. I am going to get my money and secure the bag. That is the warrior. They will invest. They are decisive. They do their research. They are in control of their finances. They will listen to people, but they also like to rely on their instincts and the resources they have. So a lot of people in the world, especially in the business world, um, identify as warriors. I think even as I say this, a lot of names may be coming to your mind. So a lot of people identify as this. So the, the only trouble here is that warriors, because they are all about getting it, getting the money, securing the bag, they, they fail to understand be, the difference between what is an adversary and a worthy opponent. So they don't know if this is the thing they should tackle or they should just let this one go because they are always in the fighting. Let me take out my sword and secure the bag. Let me secure the bag. So they don't know when to stop. They don't know what to go for and what not to go for it for them. It's just go, 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 go. So a lot of people are here and, and unsurprisingly, they fear um, being, de being a dependent and loss of power because for them what drives them is having the power having the ability to go 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 and secure what they want so for them their greatest fear is losing that power and having to be dependent on another person but um, it's important when you're a warrior to ask yourself what price you're willing to pay 
what price you are willing to pay to get that money, what price you are willing to pay for that success and be able to set boundaries for yourself and also to self-reflect and not overexert yourself um, as you seek the success that you are chasing. So some of the characteristics they have, they are driven, they are confident, they are calculating, they are generous, competitive, disciplined, discerning, goal-oriented. So these may sound like all the characteristics that we all aspire to be, and they are, they really are. But um, it, it, it's, it's important for us to always be cognizant of how far we are stretching these and what else we are losing of the softer things when we remain on such a path for an extended period of time. And then we have the martyr. These ones are the self-sacrificing on the face of it anyway. They will be busy tending to everybody's need. They will be busy rescuing every single person. They will rescue their spouse. They will rescue their children, their friends, their relative. Anywhere you need rescuing, they will show up. And very often, they will neglect their own needs. So this is the person where, who, when they have money, to buy food at their own house, just a basic need. And a friend has a need. They will sacrifice their money. They would rather go to bed hungry. They will rather deprive themselves of that vacation just so that they can give their money, that money to the spouse, to the friend, to the relative. So these are people who are self-sacrificing. And um, on the face of it, it may look like great qualities that we should aspire to. And, and to some extent, it is because we are being called and taught to be generous, to give, to give. But um, the gifts that martyrs give most of the time have strings attached to them. They may not state them, but in their hearts, they attach expectations to these gifts. And because sometimes people will let you down over and over and over again and not meet these expectations, so they start to feel um, betrayed more and more and more, yet they keep giving. So it becomes a vicious cycle. So um, the, the thing about martyrs is that they consciously or unconsciously have an attachment to their own suffering. So unless and until they address that suffering, they will not be able to move forward. They will keep self-sacrificing. They will keep sacrificing their own um, well-being for the well-being of others. And they will keep experiencing that repeated letdown, that repeated failure for others to meet their expectations. So some of the characteristics here are controlling, they are manipulative, they are resentful because they are giving above and beyond what they should be given. They are given sacrificially. Eventually, they become resentful and passive aggressive. They are caretakers and they are self-sacrificing. They are disappointed, even though they are compassionate and they are secretive. Very, very interesting group. And then we have the fool. The fool is a gambler, a born risk taker. 
one who just believes in rolling the dice, seeing how it falls, and they will go in. They are just always looking for a windfall of money, but then they take shortcuts. They are not in it for a planned, structured way of making money. No, 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 that's not for them. For them, it's... um. Okay, so I can buy a lotto ticket and win 12 million. I'm going to take that chance. They will take it in any chance that comes along. So unsurprisingly, sometimes the fool becomes the millionaire or the billionaire because it's only a matter of time before one of their many shortcuts yields results. So it is not, um, it is not impossible for a fool to make a lot of money. But what is difficult for them is to keep the money because for them, it's more of a game. You, they just keep going. They don't know when to stop rolling the die. They don't know when to stop taking the shortcuts. And before you know it, him and his money have parted because he just doesn't know. He or she doesn't know how to retain the money. And in fact, they are not even wired to want to retain the money. They are adventurous. They live in the moment. They don't care for the details. They don't, they are not thinking very deeply about tomorrow or 10 years from now. They are just in it now. They take a chance. They gamble. It works out. Great stuff. It doesn't work out. They move on to the next stuff. And you can imagine how living with such a person would be nerve-wracking for the organized warrior. You can imagine how these money personalities interact in different relationships. So some of the characteristics are they are optimistic, they are restless, they are overly generous, they are happy-go-lucky, they are undisciplined, adventurous, financially irresponsible, and they live for today. These are the people who seize the moment as is and leave everyone else to worry about the future. Moving on, we've got the creator or the artist. These are people who are on a spiritual or artistic path. So they, 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 they find it difficult to live in a material world and, and are often um, conflicted and have a love-hate relationship with money because they will love money for the freedom that it gives them to live, to explore the world, to do all of that. But they they don't have a lot of desire to participate in the business world. They don't want to participate in the material world. They are detached from that sort of world. So they know they need money and they appreciate what money can do for them. But they have really no desire to go in there and participate in the stock market, to participate in corporate and all that. They are more focused on their art or their spiritual path. So it's, 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 the only thing is that um, it blocks them from having the freedom they need because for them to have that freedom they need, they need money. And the money is in the material things, but they don't want to participate in the material things. So it just becomes a very complex relationship that they have with money. So um, more often you find them struggling financially 
and not because they don't have ability to generate money, but they are struggling because they don't want to participate in that process because of the view they have on the process of creating money. And it's not that um, they don't have the talent, it's not that they don't have the ambition, it's not that they don't have the channels to do so, but it's more they are stuck with this belief that um, participating in, in the business world is going to taint them in one way or another. So um, examples of their characteristics, they are detached, they are spiritual, they are non-materialistic, they are loners. They are internally motivated and they are passive. Those are the creators or the artistic types. And then we have the tyrant. So the tyrant is that person who knows that um, money is powerful. And because they know money is powerful and they know the privilege they have and the access they have to it, they use it to control other people, to control events and to control circumstances. This is the sort of person who hoards money. And then when they have it, they will use it as a tool to manipulate and control others. These are the people who cause um, economic abuse or financial abuse in relationships or even in the corporate world. Those people who want to get their way and they want to use money to control how they move and how far they can go. So for them, they, they, they never feel comfortable or complete or at peace, even though they have these large sums of money and, and they fear the loss of control. Unsurprisingly, because they want control, they fear losing control. They fear um, being controlled, even though they themselves like to dominate and to control others. And, and, um, they are self-absorbed and self, they are all about the self. They are all about themselves. And this power and the control is not that um, they want to control resources so that um, other people can have access. Maybe those who were pre previously marginalized can have process, can have access. No, that's not, um, that is not their intention. Their intention is to have the control for themselves. And if it means they drop you, they will drop you. If it means they throw you in front of a bus, they will throw you in front of that moving bus or moving train. It's all about them. They are very dominant and they don't show remorse. So um, some of the other characteristics of, of tyrants, they are unforgiving, they are manipulative, they are rigid. And they are fearful. They are actually internally, they are fearful. And they are prone to rage or violence. They are critical and judgmental and highly materialistic. And they are oppressive. Lastly, we've got the magician. This one is the ideal money type. It's the, the one at the very top, the one that all of the other seven she, um, she says these, this is the one that all of the other seven 
should be using to work towards. So this is this is a person. Um, she says this is a person who who uses new and ever changing set of dynamics both in the material and spirit worlds. So uh, magicians know how to transform and manifest their own financial reality. We all aspire to become these people who are able to marry the material and the spirit worlds together and be able to transform that and manifest our own financial reality and the prosperity that we would like to see. So um, I hope that you were able to identify yourself in here. And don't be too harsh. Don't judge yourself too much if where you are is not where you would like to be. Just take note. That is the first step to just notice where you are. And then um, from then on, you can build a way forward. You can see where to correct. You can see what to learn. Um, and I hope that as you interact as families, as people in relationships, as people in marriages, even as people in the corporate world, um, as, as you relate, uh, I hope that you are able to read the other person's money type and have an understanding of what, what drives them and harmoniously work together as different money types to complement each other. That is the most important part that um, we're a diverse community of people and we should always seek to complement each other so that we work well together. So whether it be in corporate, in any circle that you find yourself in, um, let us identify who we are currently and who we would like to become. And also as we interact with other people, identify where they fall and how we can work with them harmoniously. Remember, I am Mercy, and thank you for your listenership. If you enjoyed this episode, um, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Mercy Talks Money. Um, I'm also available on the website, www.mercytalksmoney.com. The podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms. So feel free to share with your friends, with your co-workers, with your family and everyone else that you know. And let's get people talking about money. Let's get people educated about money. Thank you so much. Until next time. Goodbye.